Welcome back, everybody, to yet another episode of Sisters Podcast, the place where you can learn and gain insights about the cryptocurrency industry. I'm your host, Eric, and today we are going to discuss a very famous subject in crypto, which is maximalism. Not a day goes by without a backlash between two communities on Twitter. Now, we even have Ethereum Maxis, Cardano Maximalism, and so on. But where does this come from? Well, we're going to discuss just that. The history, the reason, the benefits, and the drawbacks of this behavior. I hope you're excited, but before we start, I have to remind you that this is not financial advice. This is only for entertainment and educational purposes only. Now, without further ado, let's get started. Alright, so... What is maximalism? Hating on Bitcoin is as old as the blockchain. Bitcoin maximalism is a term loaded with emotions that is either used as a badge of pride and wisdom or as an insult and proof of ignorance. Bitcoin was launched in January 2009 and it took two years before we see the first altcoin, Namecoin. The same year, Litecoin also was born. So we had two altcoins. A name coin that was called BitDNS before it was launched was built to enable additional features that were not feasible on the Bitcoin protocol. And even Satoshi Nakamoto considered this. He said, and I quote, I think it would be possible for BitDNS to be a completely separate network and a separate blockchain, yet share CPU power with Bitcoin. Litecoin, on the other hand, was created to be GPU resistant. And at the time, when Bitcoin miners moved away from CPUs, this was seen as a dangerous centralizing trend that only a new proof-of-work algorithm could, 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 could deter. Today, you know, you have ASICs for Litecoin and stuff, but that's another story. The Namecoin and Litecoin communities, however, remain part of a larger Bitcoin community. They represented fringe IDs that weren't seen as threatening to Bitcoin, neither by their opponents nor and Litecoin's slogan, silver to Bitcoin's gold, recognizes the inability of Litecoin to substitute to Bitcoin and merely justifies its existence as the little sidekick. And then we started to see a huge increase of the number of altcoins that were created. In 2013, less than 15 altcoins had been listed on CoinMarketCap. By December, 2013, we had 66 altcoins. Six months later, there were more than 400. The origin of the word maximalism. In 2014, plenty of proposals were debated that challenged the idea that there were that could only be one chain to rule them all. The term Bitcoin maximalism did not appear until the second half of 2014, and at the time there was the Ethereum pre-sale. The debate started when the market dominance of Bitcoin was in the 19% range. And how valuable could an Ether become as long as Bitcoin was still around? Those who didn't believe in the possibility of Bitcoin losing dominance in the market were called dominance maximalists, which came right after just maximalism for short. Then we had the sidechain's paper along with Dominic Williams' response that set the foundation stones for the Bitcoin maximalism debate that continues to this day. So, Dominic Williams was the first person to write about Bitcoin maximalism. And he writes in his response to the 
sidechain's white paper published by Adam Back and Blockstream, which argue that altchains are problematic for the following reasons. The infrastructure fragmentation, the security problems that are found across the, the different chains, smaller cryptocurrencies are more volatile, so volatility, and pump and dumps, basically. <laughs> and they're right on the subject. There was a lot of pump and dumps, uh, altchains, altcoins, that were created just to rob people. But Williams, on the other hand, sees in this paper a new dangerous philosophy and largely refutes the argument that sidechains, altcoins, are an attempt to monopolize Bitcoin. And he wrote that Bitcoin maxis should be aware that this desire for monopoly is incompatible with libertarian ideas. Which is not wrong, I have to admit. Vitalik Buterin then wrote about a month later, on the subject on the Ethereum blog, in which he strangely defends his rights to launch his own blockchain, but analyzing and refuting the various network effects of blockchains and payment systems. The battle has just begun, when Andreas Antonopoulos, the author of Mastering Bitcoin, one of the most famous technical books about Bitcoin, wrote his second book, Mastering Ethereum, The Backlash from the community was harsh. And despite all the work Andreas has done through the years for the community and personally, he is the reason I got interested in Bitcoin. Doesn't matter, they went hard on him. It was harsh. And I even witnessed a fight between Adambak and Andreas on Twitter, and this was painful to watch. Of course, protecting Bitcoin from attacks is a noble end. And of course, everybody can launch whatever blockchain they like. The problem, in my humble opinion, is that there are two confronting visions. On one hand, we, had, we have the multi-coinism, and the idea is basically that multi-chain world is better at serving the diverse needs of the people without concentrating their wealth and applications on a single potential, potentially vulnerable chain, right? And their argument is that Bitcoin maxis are too emotionally and financially invested in Bitcoin to see the value in all chains. That's the first category of people. And on the other hand, we have the maximalism. And they argue that the network's effects are everything. And they exist everywhere from software development, spread of information, proof of work, security, liquidity, and volatility. Non-financial applications of the blockchains are rare, and network effects predicts that they will be built on top of Bitcoin. And these two radically different point of views cannot coexist. And yet, here we are, years later. And the debate is still going on. Now the term Bitcoin maximalist is much more of a sign of tribal affiliation than the label, the label for the argument of whatever network effects exist in blockchains and whether they are strong enough to make and break the success of a cryptocurrency. It's certainly interesting to observe that maximalism is largely a Bitcoin phenomenon. Although, today you have Ethereum maxis as well. You have Ethereum, uh, Cardano, Solana, Bitcoin Cash maxis. You have maxis for 
pretty much every community. Maxis are, for some, the immune system of the network. And Michael Taylor, for example, calls them the cyber hornets that protects and defends the networks against attacks. It's like the immune system of the Bitcoin network. The arguments around network effects haven't progressed much since Vitalik's blog post in 2014. In a way, Bitcoin maximalists have been obviously wrong in that alternative blockchains cannot gain significant traction and market share. But it's not just about market share. It's also because many blockchains have marketed their tech to be superior to Bitcoin, yet it wasn't true. Many were scams and many, many, many people lose their money. When Vitalik said that Bitcoin failed because the internet of money shouldn't cost five cents a transaction, end quote, it's, just a, it's not just a way to sell his solution. It is a direct attack on Bitcoin, in my opinion. This debate, this Bitcoin maximalist debate, will be ongoing until either Bitcoin is dead or emerge as the sole winner. We're still learning about how these networks' effects might play out. And I personally have a hard time imagining a multi-chain world of endless blockchain use cases. I, for example, don't believe in decentralized Uber, for example, because I think people want accountability if something bad happens, right? The thing is, Bitcoin cannot even be compared to other chains for many reasons. Adoption, the frail launch, no pre-mine, proof of work, network effect, state level adoption, and huge corporation using it as a reserve, and so on. Bitcoin is clearly the winner in the crypto asset industry. Ethereum, Solana, Avalanche, and so on are not the same species. It doesn't mean they are better or worse. It's just that you cannot compare a lion and a shark. Both live in a different environment and ecosystem, and they solve different needs. I hope this debate, like so many others, could be fought less viciously on social media. Especially when I see two Bitcoin OGs, two legends, fighting each other. In my opinion, maximalism is a good thing. It's kind of a Darwinian experience that we're witnessing. Different tribes fighting for their ideas. But you don't have to be a jerk and treat people with disrespect. Let them do their, their experiment and see how it goes. Well, that's it for this episode, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to subscribe, like, and share this video, this podcast on all social media. Follow us on Twitter, and I'll see you on the next one. Have a great day. Bye-bye.